and welcome to the sixth episode of Slot Leader. I'm your host, Umed Saidov, and in this episode, we will be talking about the adoption of Cardano technology. Our guest is Shunsuke Murasaki. He is the CEO of uh, Amurgo Indonesia. In today's in-depth interview, we will be covering what he's been doing in Amurgo in order to promote Cardano's blockchain technology. So stay tuned. This is going to be a very interesting interview if you're interested in what the blockchain could do in the future. This week, PayPal grabbed all the attention in the crypto and blockchain uh, space by announcing that they are making cryptocurrencies available on their platform. This is a particularly significant news because PayPal, who also owns um, Venmo, has uh, more than 350 million users and access to 26 million merchants. This is a huge potential customer base for cryptocurrencies and marks the beginning of uh, acceptance or maybe inroads into the mainstream. It's a, it's a particularly great news. I personally think that um, PayPal is making these moves thinking two or three steps ahead because this is where we are headed as a global community. Um, I think we are going to see the integration of uh, cryptocurrency networks into the um, traditional financial networks and, and uh, PayPal is right in the middle of both these worlds. So I'm quite excited about this development and I hope that uh, we will see more of these kind of developments down the road before the end of the year. For those of you who's been watching Project Catalyst, you will notice that all the active proposals in the system have just passed into the next stage, which is the assessment stage. In this assessment stage, projects or proposals will be assessed by the community advisors. There are 672 of them last time I checked, and they need to opine on the quality of these proposals across three dimensions. So the first dimension is uh, the impact. The second dimension is auditab auditability. And the third dimension is uh, feasibility. So once those opinions have been formed, um, then we will get into the voting stage where everybody will vote on, on their project, um, on their proposal, the proposals that they like. And uh, we will get to, after that, we'll get to a point where the funds will be dispersed from the decentralized fund treasury uh, to finance all these projects. We have a, I think we have a maximum of 254 um, possible projects that could be financed. And we will see how this whole thing will, will unfold. Personally, I think this is a very exciting and very interesting part of Cardano's ecosystem. And um, I'm hoping to get um, somebody from IOG to come on this show to describe what they have in store for us. It's a, it's a fascinating part, again, of uh, Cardano's ecosystem, and I would like to know more about that. Today we have the CEO of Emurgo Indonesia, um, his name is uh, uh, Shunsuke um, Murasaki, and um, I would like to welcome him to our podcast. 
Thank you. Thank you very much for having me in this uh, podcast. I I think it's really cool that Cardano has a uh, you know couple of um, community based uh, podcasts, and I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah. So Suke, if if I could start this conversation with uh, um, asking you about um, uh, about yourself and and telling okay. if you could tell us a little bit about uh, your background and how you uh, came to to the blockchain space. Sure. Um, I got into this space as uh, basically I started on, uh, I joined one of the very early IC, uh, ICOs uh, back in 2016. And I, that's when I bought uh, Bitcoin for the first time. And the ICO I participate was not, wasn't successful, but uh, it really, it was really great that because I knew, I understand the concept of blockchain. Uh, it was all about kind of decentralized advertisement. You see an ad and you get rewarded in cryptocurrency. So I, I thought it's really cool because there was nothing like that before that I knew. Um, then in 2017, I met Ken Kodama, the group CEO of Emago. And I joined Emago. And the first thing I did at Emago was really crazy to organize a Cardano launch event, which is uh, the launch of settlement layer uh, mainnet. So uh, there was good people like, from all over the world, like you know Charles Hoskinson, uh, Duncan uh, from HK from London. So uh, that's how I got into the space in Emago. Well, that's that's wonderful. Um, and um, as a CEO of um, of of Amurgo Indonesia, I would like to basically uh, ask you about the the structure because we have Amurgo. Um, and then we have Amurgo Indonesia, and I think there's Amurgo India. Can you walk us through the structure of, of how uh, this entity uh, is, is structured and, and what, what are the roles, um, the, the reasoning behind it? Right. So Emago is uh, one of the founding organizations for Cardano blockchain, and our mandate is to commercialize Cardano blockchain. So what we do is drive the adoption of Cardano and expand Cardano ecosystem in, in terms of, uh, you know, the usage of ADA and the usage of Cardano blockchain. And for that, uh, Emago has a headquarter in Singapore and uh, under Emago Singapore, uh, there's Emago Indonesia focusing on education and uh, traceability solution. And India strictly focusing on education and uh, we have operation in the States. Uh, our CTO is in New York. And recently we formed a joint venture with a company called uh, Blackbird in Israel so that we can further drive the adoption of our traceability application. All right, great. Um, when you say education and adoption, um, what does that mean uh, within the ecosystem of Cardano? Can you give us some examples? Right. Um, so as I guess, as many people know, uh, especially uh, people who's going to watch this uh, podcast, uh, Cardano uh, is going to have smart contact layer pretty soon, go again. Uh, so we basically preparing for that. So what I mean by that is um, we are expanding and we are increasing the number of people who understand on blockchain uh, in India and Indonesia so that when Gogen comes, uh, we can introduce Gogen and then Cardano smart contract in a form of education, in, in a form of businesses and so on. So that's what we are doing in, in terms of education. And uh, another question from you, adoption is also the same. 
um, we are largely in business and having partners uh, who introduce blockchain to whatever they are doing. And uh, when Gogan comes, uh, how we, we plan to migrate our current tech stack with application to Cardano blockchain. So that's uh, what we are doing in terms of education and adoption. That's that's great. I I personally think that Amorgo is going to gain a lot of prominence um, as Gogan comes in because the chain becomes quite usable and uh, a host of applications could be built on top of that. But um, considering all of that coming in the quarter um, quarter four two thousand twenty or quarter one two thousand twenty one, um, what are the short term and long term goals of Amorgo as an entity? Right. Um, for short time, uh, we continue to develop and nurture businesses and relationship with our clients. Um, and we continue to uh, realize uh, the, the adoption of uh, blockchain in general. Uh, so in short, uh, we acquire more lease uh, partnership uh, and companies that are going to migrate to Cardano blockchain. So right. some, of the, some of the example is uh, in Indonesia, there's a coffee company called Blue Clinchy Coffee uh, that has uh, already have a blockchain traceability system and they are really big fan of Cardano. So uh, that's kind of like what we align with what we are doing in short term, like we acquire, you know, partners and uh, we constantly feed information about how Cardano is going to be evolved and so that they, you know, at the time of Gogan, they, they, you know, willing to migrate to Cardano. So that's one thing, uh, what we are doing in short time. Okay. Now, when, when you talk about partnerships, is this something that um, involves buying shares in these companies or you're just basically having a commercial partnership whereby um, these companies um, have sort of commercial obligations or legal obligations to build on top of Cardano? What's, what's the, uh, the nature of these relationships? The nature of relationship is a um, uh, commercial relationship. Uh, so we uh, provide service like our service or like we provide application to them so that we can add value to their product. So in this case, uh, Blue Currency Coffee, uh, they have quite fine Arabica beans coming from a specific region. So they want to prove that they want because, you know, it's a premium beans that one hour like a couple of years ago. So uh, there's a lot of attention to the beans. So they want to protect it and they want to be transparent about it. So we help, Imago helps to do that using blockchain. And uh, there's no like obligation that they really need to uh, move to Cardano. But what we do is to carefully choose and um, we uh, elaborate on the benefit like especially in a security area uh, and decentralization in a portion of decentralization of Cardano that is going to achieve so that, you know, they, they will be convinced that, oh, yeah, they, they, we want, they want to, you know, migrate to Cardano blockchain. Uh, that's wonderful. Um, I, I can see the use case of uh, coffee becoming um, a, a differentiated product rather than a commodity in that respect because you will have time-stamped movement of these uh, beans from one region to the, the markets, let's say United States, and, and mm -hmm. it will be verifiable. So um, uh, my, my sense is that you develop the tools to, to, uh, to verify um, the, the entire supply chain. Um, is, that, is that the correct assessment in, in terms of uh, uh, the coffees, coffee beans? Right, right. 
So yeah, that's so from farmer um, up to consumers. So in Jakarta, uh, Blue Country Coffee has a cafe. So if you go to, uh, if if you can go to, you know, the, the cafe in Jakarta, you can essentially scan QR code and you can see the entire supply chain uh, for the farmers, uh, for the you know, collectors involved and you know, what was the process and when, what process was done. And uh, it's, you know, verified between stakeholders. Uh, so that's what you can see. And what we're trying to do is to escalate even further, uh, meaning um, we want to have like inventory management. Uh, we want to have kind of integration to accounting system so that they don't need to use like multiple applications. So we really trying to be not only the, you know, traceability components, but, you know, further escalate the platform so that it's going to be sort of coffee ELP in a way. Oh, that, that is wonderful because that was my kind of next question because you cannot, you know, once you have a ledger that uh, tracks a, uh, let's say, uh, your main inventory, then <clears throat> you can basically integrate it into the accounting system or turn it into an accounting system and, uh, you know, taking, you know, the price in from a, from a, a smart contract, you would be able to, uh, to actually, you know, turn this whole thing into an, an accounting input. Um, but yes, um, so when, when you develop these supply chain solutions, and, and I'm sorry if I'm going too detailed into these things, but when you develop these things, do, uh, do, do you have to um, have contracts with a, a, a separate entities on each, um, uh, let's say, the checkpoint? Uh, will there be a, a business that will be providing its services as, as a verifier, or is it something that's done by the in, the chain itself? How how is it how is it going to work? Is let's say that you know from the farmer, let's trace the coffee, right? The farmer produces it, it scans it, uh, puts it into the blockchain as uh, saying that you know I've got you know one bag of coffee uh, on this date was shipped, and uh, this is the you know the uh, the, the verification that you know, I put this much coffee in, in, in that, you know, um, transport, let's say the truck, the trucking company would have to have also a confirmation that, yes, I have received this. Um, so are they all part of the blockchain? Do they have addresses? Do they, how, how does that work? So how it works is that um, the, the, if you think about coffee supply chain, that's starting from farmer, obviously, and this collector, processor, roaster, and cafe down to consumer uh-huh. uh, that's a domestic supply chain and when it comes to overseas there uh, from the processor there's like um, importer um, uh, I mean exporter uh, importer and maybe like overseas buyers like you know any you know the coffee big chain that everybody knows so um, in that context um, when it comes to domestic uh, transaction uh, basically, there is in, in this project with Blue Crunchy Coffee and the local processor, uh, there uh, was NGO that confirmed the existence of farmer. So there's like a third party uh, verification. So mm -hmm. the, you know, the entire ecosystem will be know that this farmer exists uh, in reality. And once they confirm that they, they are in the, in the ledger. And uh, farmer and the next actor is collector uh, who collect cherry and turn them into parchment beans. And uh, there will be a history of a you know, record uh, created at the time of transaction. And that goes to the upstream. 
and uh, from processor to roaster, uh, there is our transport system. But what we do is to uh, let processor send transaction with uh, some key information like weight information and also the invoice information, which should be known only to roaster and a processor. So at the time of receiving a package at roastery, uh, roastery will verify the package uh, by the wind information because along the way there might be some like malicious stuff going on uh, if the weight changes and they verify the weight and so as well as invoice and assign on a transaction from its dedicated back office so that's how it works okay well that, that, that's wonderful I, I I guess um in order for the whole thing to work you have to have parties um, being present or having access to the um, the blockchain the Cardano blockchain. Um, and by that, I mean every time there is a, uh, a transfer of coffee beans from, let's say, one entity to another, um, a transaction is created, thereby uh, demand for ADA um, is, is created because, you know, every, every transaction requires ADA. Is that, is that the right assessment? Um, so, as, so this whole thing has to be done through smart contracts. So we're actually okay. using uh, the, you know, generic blockchain. So that the you know again our job is to, you know, you know build businesses and notch a partnership, and so that we can migrate everything to Gorgon and Cardano, you know, put them into the Cardano ecosystem. So uh, at this stage, uh, you know, we are using you know generic blockchain. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. but but you you are nurturing them at this point so that in the future when Gorgon comes, that they are easily ported into the Cardano. Is that is that is that the correct understanding? Yes, that, that, okay. that is a correct understanding. And uh, we can even store a hash of transaction to the Cardano blockchain uh, settlement layer. And uh, I, I believe this, uh, that kind of component has been developed. So we don't say there is zero affiliation to Cardano blockchain, but uh, you know, from Emago's standpoint, you know, we really need to capture you know, clients and you know, partnerships so that, you know, again, when Gogan comes, if we start at that point, then that, that, that is very late. So, you know, we need to, we really need to start and enlarge our businesses so that, you know, we can migrate everything to Gorgon and Cardano blockchain later. Perfect. Perfect. Now, given the commercial mandate of, of Amorgo, um, what kind of partnerships do you see um, developing uh, within the next five, de five <laughs> days, five, five years uh, within the, you know, Emergo's ecosystem? What, what are you working on in your pipeline? Okay, um, so in this year alone, uh, there was quite interesting uh, development uh, in, you know, at Imago. Uh, one of the things that uh, our marketing team has done is a partnership with a company called uh, Traveler. Traveler is, uh, you know, uh, it's a platform that you can spend cryptocurrency to stay uh, hotels, uh, basically book a travel. So uh, you can see, you can spend ADA, uh, you know, across 230 countries and you can book hotel and travel. So that's one of the things that we, we can do at this stage uh, with settlement layer, basically with ADA. So that's, that's quite cool stuff that I would say, uh, especially like putting my, you know, illustration into consideration. I, I'm, I originally from Japan, but live in Indonesia. So every time I need to go back to Japan, I need to convert Indonesian rupiah 
into you know Japanese yen to make some transaction in Japan. Otherwise, I just use credit card. But if I can use ADA, uh, there's no conversion in between. So that's I think is really amazing stuff that our marketing team has done. Um, other than that, I think the traceability, uh, as I said, is going to be a really cool application that we can apply to any industry uh, because the software has been designed in a way to accommodate uh, a lot of business processes. So uh, our tech team is uh, studying Cardano and Plutus and so on so that uh, we can build the same system application using Cardano tech stack. So traceability, uh, agriculture sector is, uh, I think, like partnership that we can build on. That's that, that, that is wonderful. Um, I would like to um, basically probe uh, this question uh, uh, the, into, into the applications of, uh, of Cardano as it stands today. Um, well, you mentioned one use case, which is Traveler, uh, right? Uh, but do you, can you think of any other applications that could be um, built or uh, something that could be, uh, uh, that could use the Cardano blockchain as it stands today? So I think one of the things uh, I believe IOHK has done using current tech stack was the uh, partnership with the sneakers maker, sneaker maker. I mean the uh, New Balance uh, using uh, you know cryptocurrency card. I believe it was Tangem card and uh, Cardano blockchain very creatively, so that uh, the, you know when you receive a pair of you know sneakers, you have a you know Tangem card which has a history of a transaction. Uh, on the Cardano blockchain, uh, and they have some, you know, dedicated application to verify the authenticity of the pair of sneakers. So I think that kind of uh, application is can be built or replicated uh, using current tech stack. Oh, wonderful. Have you been ta talking to any um, uh, fashion sort of uh, companies about doing the same thing or expanding that product um, into other industries? I remember like we reach out to, uh, we got reached out to, sorry, we got reached out from uh, the, you know, watch, uh, you know, the watch company uh, and other company that have higher, you know, high value, you know, product. Uh, but since we have a traceability application right now, so we are, you know, we, we, are, we are talking, you know, with them using our you know current application. Oh, well, that, that's great. And and I would like to take this opportunity to go into the economic sort of um, uh, implications of what you've been doing so far. Um, have you seen any economic traction from the partnerships you've 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 uh, uh, you've you've managed to to gain so far? And if there is any kind of statistics that you would like to share with us in terms of transactions that they have generated on the main ledger, um, uh, uh, types of value added to the ecosystem that we can account for right now. That would be great for our listeners and uh, viewers. Right. Um, it's a really good question. I think, you know, the, the biggest promise that blockchain technology made in general is like you can re uh, either reduce the cost or add extra value to the product uh, I think that's the main kind of like mainstream promise that blockchain technology does. And to answer your question, like we did, uh, and that is the, you know, our coffee traceability application. 
we implemented to our coffee processor in a region called Sumatra. I believe it's quite famous as a coffee region in Indonesia. So what's interesting thing happened to them is they successfully increased the price per kilo by 12% to 10% of coffee buyers, coffee buyers overseas. So they're doing like 230 tons a year and you know they're already uh, doing like uh, 4%. So it's like a 10 ton up until 12 tons. Uh, they increased 10, 10% to 12% uh, because they are more transparent in sourcing. Um, if you think about it, um, in this specific situation, COVID-19, buyers cannot come to the harvest season to check how the cherries, uh, what's the process, like is the process being done properly? Uh, we cannot really travel at this moment. So what Imago really helped in the processor is to digitize transparency that they're doing and nicely package in the applications so that the information can transparently convey to the buyers. And for that transparency, buyer are willing to pay more. I mean, some of the buyer are willing to pay more for the coffee beans. So I think that's kind of really beautiful. Like we're really empowering uh, sort of small medium enterprise to slide in a global market. And it's, there is actually tangible benefit attached to it. Well, that's, that's, that's great. Um, and um, now going into the, the, the applications a little bit further, um, I see that Amurgo has medical records and the financial industry um, um, listed as potential applications for this technology. Do you think that uh, Amurgo is going to, um, you know, foster the growth of these industries um, using Cardano blockchain within the next one or two years? And uh, if you have any um, information about the pipeline that you could share, um, that would be great too. Sure. Um... The, because of the nature of business, like we are not really at liberty to disclose. Uh, so I cannot really say names and so on. But yeah. I, I think uh, in the financial uh, area, I think what's really interesting and in, in, in it's uh, the research we have done we, with Algo, Algo, which is an Oracle core uh, that, um, you know, Nicholas and our old R and the team are collaborating. So um, it's a really uh, great concept, uh, as far as I know, um, extended UTXO uh, that will harmonize with Cardano blockchain because uh, Cardano blockchain is basically like UTXO model. So I think we can, uh, as a Mago, we can leverage this Oracle pool uh, for the DeFi space uh, alongside with the Gorgon release. Okay, so what, what kind of, potential products do you, do you think we could produce on on uh, or reproduce on Cardano's blockchain? I mean, one of the applications that I think about constantly is uh, is insurance or pensions for that matter. Uh, one, of, one of the biggest problems, um, and I grew up in Soviet Union when, when it fall apart, fell apart, my, my, my parents basically lost every savings that they had. And that was because mm -hmm. of the systemic failure of a, of a government, right? Now, I'm thinking... If there was a way to have a, uh, a pension system that is independent of the, uh, uh, you know, of what happens to the government, um, and and now we, you know, in, in Western countries and developed countries, we are much more secure in in, in our beliefs in, in the system, 
but uh, the emerging markets change regimes quite often, and uh, and that is quite disruptive to people's livelihoods. So I'm thinking if there is a way for them to 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 have access to you know a, a product where you 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 know. Uh, contribute every you know every now and then um, a certain amount of money and then it uh, it it takes that money and invests automatically let's say using smart contracts and then at the end of your retirement period or some period you you get your um, your your pension similarly you could you could argue the same kind of mechanism um, implementation of the same mechanism for um, for the for the insurance you make your premium payments and then once something happens, let's say your car gets totaled, et cetera, the, the oracles read that information and then um, disperse the amount that uh, the insurance was supposed to disperse. And uh, this process could be all automated without any third-party in, uh, you know, in, in intervention and uh, improve the fidelity and the security of, of, uh, of, of, of these markets uh, instruments as, as a whole. Do, do you guys think along those lines in, in, in terms of developing products like that? Yeah, by all means. I mean, um, in I currently live in a country like uh, Indonesia, uh, and Indonesia really has uh, similar issues, just like you mentioned, like insurance system and especially medical record. Um, so uh, there is, I mean, there are tons of problems to be solved, and uh, you know, medical record or you know, pension is just uh, tip of iceberg. Uh, so right now our focus is traceability, as I said. So we want to take this to, um, you know, kind of like, you know, traceability plus ELP type of system. So that, like, talking uh, just an example, um, the coffee processor that I mentioned in the region, you know, because of the belief, you know, this country is like a Muslim country, so they don't like to earn interest. Okay. Or they kind of don't like banks because they are an interest. So there's uh, uh, like every major bank has two banks, you know, bank and the Sharia, Sharia type of banks, which is like Islamic, you know, uh, concept of, of banks. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it, it's quite interesting uh, to explore uh, how, you know, blockchain can harmonize with the, the, the idea of Muslim and Islam. Because they have different type of uh, different way of thinking uh, and looking into the you know how finance works, so that's as far as I go. I think it's 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 the most you know exciting area that I, I really want to explore. Oh, that that's wonderful because I, I I remember when I was working in the World Bank, uh, we had um, units looking into Islamic finance. Um, it's basically financial products with different types of properties um, and mm -hmm. that that circumvent. The idea of interest, uh, or you know, and and I, so if I as far as far as I remember, the uh, you know they they prefer to be participating in profits rather than just basically charging interest. Uh, right. I mean, that's that's basically it's it's a quasi equity or equity type of uh, investment rather than um, the, you know earning interest. But yes, it's 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 interesting that you are thinking about financial products in that in that regard because I think. A blockchain offers greatest benefit um, in, in that in that area. So, um, in terms of markets, uh, you know, you know, geographically, can you tell us where you are present and where you would like to uh, expand to? Sure. Um, 
as I said in the beginning, we have a local business unit on I'm at Indonesia. So my job is to, um, you know, expand adoption of uh, whatever the product, like our you know, traceability product and going forward, Cardano related, related product, uh, uh, you know, adopted in major companies and also educate young talents in Indonesia so that they can learn how Cardano blockchain works and uh, they can build, you know, uh, products where they can either get a job at the at the company that adopt cloud on blockchain. So Indonesia is definitely a focus, but um, India is, as everybody knows, it's it's a pool of developers. So that's why we really focus on education on um, the CEO on Elmago India, uh, EV, uh, is not only doing uh, you know, blockchain education. We recently partnered with uh, partnered with Hyperledger, just like IOHK did, to be our official trading partners. So that's kind of like uh, you know, it, enterprise education play. So India is, and is is also going to be our focus uh, in terms of um, you know building and uh, nurturing talent, so that we can you know uh, push the industry as a forward. Uh, we're not really focusing on. Imago's talent itself. We just want to push, you know, the industry forward. I think uh, this is one of uh, this is what I think. But you know, the pie is very large, so we don't really need to compete. We should rather, you know, push the industry forward. So, you know, India is definitely going to be our focus in terms of like having more talents and you know, uh, putting uh, pushing education forward. And uh, last and not least, uh, Israel on recent partnership with uh, Blackboard and that company has really a uh, major company in, in portfolio. Uh, one of the company that, you know, Nico and the team has signed MOU was Ahaba, uh, the large multinational cosmetic, cosmetic company or uh, Angel Bakery, which is uh, one of the largest bakery in Israel. So in Israel, uh, we want to sort of accelerate adoption of MAGA traceability in much larger scale company. Mm -hmm. So those three com uh, area jurisdictions are current focus of MAGA. That's, that's wonderful. Um, any plans to go into the, the African continent? Yeah, by all means, yes. Um, like Ethiopia uh, is, you know, well known for coffee and also with, you know, uh, Argo and all the you know, DeFi things or, or stable token even from uh, the partnership with IHK uh, is probably a really great fit for, you know, the African country. So uh, yeah, definitely our focus. All right. Um, and I want to go into the, the, the difficulties you've faced so far in terms of integrating blockchain or providing blockchain solutions to uh, an array of problems. Um, what are the major problems uh, or impediments to blockchain about adoption you've seen so far and how do you think Murgo can can address them what i see two major issues is that uh, one of them is awareness at the government level um so it'd be like you know it's kind of cascades into regulation if the you know government is not really friendly about blockchain or data security or, or cryptocurrency, uh, we cannot really do much in that country. So we have to constantly sort of advocate, you know, educate government and, and the major people at the, you know, at the ministry 
what is blockchain and how it can harmonize with existing uh, in a system and so on and so forth. So that's one of the difficulty uh, we witnessed so far. And the the second thing is adoption of enterprise. Uh, the big adoption enterprise brings employment. So you know we need to get enterprise understand uh, what is blockchain and how it works and what is the benefit of it. So those are the two uh, difficulties that we that we witness. And how Imago can contribute to that is um, just like we have been doing, uh, we have a business unit that is doing education at India and Indonesia. So I think we constantly uh, educating the market, uh, educating corporate, and that's how we believe that we can push blockchain forward. That, that's great. And I want to turn this question a little bit on the flip side. Uh, among the countries that you've seen, that accept blockchain, what was their aha moment when they said, oh, wow, okay, I, I like the blockchain, I would like to do something with it. You know, what was the selling point there that broke the, the ice, so to say? I see. Um, in Indonesia, I, I, can, I think I can, um, I can talk from uh, my experience at Indonesia, I, I think a really traceability system is, is uh, one of the things um, one of the ministry, uh, you know, uh, opened their eyes. We actually working with one of the uh, ministries in Indonesia. Um, uh, they have uh, premium coffee that goes to a uh, coffee company that everybody knows. Uh, but they were, they have been asked for, you know, traceability uh, because in the developed countries, uh, it really matters. Like you know, if there was not any you know exploitation and how transparent the coffee source, and they have been coping with uh, kind of manual transparency. They are building a record of transaction in paper, and at the time of transaction, they just explain everything to them, and that was how it was working. But when Imago, you know, Indonesia developed uh, Imago traceability and implemented to you know, blue cringy coffee and the processing in Sumatra, uh, we luckily had a chance to work with that ministry. And there was like, uh, there was nothing like this before. And they, you know, it was very helpful too for them to transparently explain what they're doing. So I think that's kind of explained like aha moment. All right. All right. Have you, have you ever uh, had talks with governments about taxation and how the blockchain could facilitate taxation, for instance, if uh, let's say the, the, the records um, of, of uh, companies existed on a blockchain, then you wouldn't have to have massive investments in, uh, in, in uh, the, uh, the internal revenue services that would go out and, and try to the, levy the taxes. But everything in, uh, would, would be more or less automatic. You would say you would have the, uh, the, the re revenues and then you would have approved costs and then the taxation would automatically apply to your uh, profits. For instance, you know, I, I could see that happening in the future, of course, but does, did you guys talk about that part of the blockchain applicability? Because a lot of, a lot of governments have pain points in terms of taxation. They don't know which, um, which entity earned how much, especially in developing countries, because everything is on paper, right? 
and uh, and and that could probably improve the trans, uh, you know, the the transparency and the efficiency of the taxation system for them. Right. Um, in the future, I, I do believe uh, what you're saying is really going to help, you know, government and the, you know, the authority. But uh, in Indonesia, like as far as I know, like it's, it's still early stage, you know, there's, you know, in Indonesia, like cryptocurrency commodity trading has been approved, um, I think a little about a year ago. So um, they haven't really got into the stage as far as I know. Um yeah, so simply didn't have a chance to talk okay. uh, in okay. that area. Yeah. Okay. Um, now about the, uh, um, you know, your vision about where uh, do you think uh, the Cardano community and Cardano blockchain uh, will go uh, in, in, in one, to one or two short years? Because you have some visibility that others probably don't. Um, where do you see the Cardano community go in, in one or two years? What kind of applications we're likely to see, given the fact that, you know, you, 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 whatever you've seen so far in, in terms of your interactions with uh, enterprises um, and, and governments? I see. Um, the, first of all, I really like the descent, uh, degree of decentralization. Uh, obviously, you run in a pool, right? And I, I think it's beautiful, like on Daedalus, on daily basis, you see the nice parameter of like how decentralized Cardano is. And I think there's nothing like that uh, before. And I really like the the concept and the philosophy of decentralization that, you know, IHK and Charles just always, you know, advocate. Um, so I, you know, re really matters for the government and the big enterprise not to have a fork because once it gets, you know, blockchain has a fork, then, you know, there's one currency or like there's one school of salt and the other school of salt, like how they're going to reconcile with it. So uh, the overall sentiment uh, on Cardano blockchain as uh, as a whole is, I think it's really nicely organized, like decentralized governance and then really decentralized as a blockchain. And probably like in a, in a form of uh, entity as well, because IOHK is doing tech and Cardano Foundation is uh, basically a nonprofit organization uh, that is, you know, opening the door for, you know, all the, all the jurisdiction, how Cardano blockchain can be harmonized into the regulatory perspective and all the stuff uh, in each jurisdiction. And Emago is doing commercialization. So the, again, the sentiment that we always get is like Cardano is nicely decentralized and uh, uh, the, the idea of not really going to have a fork is going to be very useful for enterprise uh, level adoption. All right. All right. That's, that, that's great. Um, and if I can ask you about um, because I, I think early on when I read about Murgo, um, I was under the impression that uh, Murgo invests directly into companies that provide different solutions, uh, sort mm -hmm. of being a, a VC arm of, um, of, of the Cardano uh, ecosystem. Is this still a case? And if that's uh, the case, uh, do you have any list of uh, companies that you've invested in at seed stage or you know, any, any stage? And, and what have they produced so far? Right, so that's true. Uh, Imago uh, is uh, has a business um, that is doing investment, and um, the one of the most recent is Israel uh, partnership with Blackbird, so that um, we can even accelerate enterprise adoption using Imago traceability. 
So that's one of the case. Uh, and for the other case, uh, if you're aware, we had a partnership with a company called SOSB. Uh, and yep. uh, we yep. had a, yep. And through that uh, acceleration program, we got a couple of cool, you know, you know, companies like Helixworks uh, that is trying to do, uh, you know, blockchain on the, you know, DNA molecular. Uh, it's a next level uh, product verification that you cannot really see it because it's a just molecular sequence and it's a transparent. You can apply to any kind of product. So that's really cool stuff and uh, other company is like Simple, uh, which Emago invested through uh, the collaboration with SOFSB, which already have some traction in the you know disaster area in the form of aid sourcing uh, using cryptocurrency. So uh, that are the main, you know, there's actually more company, uh, but if you go to that website, you can actually see like what other individual products that we invested in. I see. I mean, in, in a nutshell, would, would you be able to describe what are the selection criteria for your investments? Um, I know that probably it, the document exists somewhere and I'll probably look it up and uh, uh, post it for our viewers and listeners. But if, if you could just give us a flavor of what do you uh, consider uh, when you uh, decide to invest in a, in a, in a company? Yeah, there's a dedicated investment team in in, uh, in Singapore, and uh, we have uh, investment board. So every you know investment kind of judgment will be done by the team. Uh, I'm not really so involved in that team, so I cannot really talk about that much. But what I can say is, like, we always looking for project that has you know fundamental understanding of what what is Cardano blockchain and what's the nature of Cardano blockchain and how they're service and product can harmonize with blockchain. And we really strictly focusing on uh, actual use case that that's good for the society. Um, so it's, it's in a nutshell, it's not like a really money-making project, but it's actually brings some value and benefit to the society as a whole. So that's really, it's kind of vague, but that's kind of uh, in a criteria that yeah. we always chase for. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming today, uh, Shunsuke. Um, I, I really appreciate your time. I had uh, a wealth of knowledge, uh, you know, doing this interview with you. And uh, if you have any closing remarks, this would be the time. Oh, thank you very much. Um, so I think I want to take this opportunity to sort of promote what uh, Emago Indonesia is doing. Uh, in education area, uh, we are doing quite interesting stuff, which is... Uh, something called Kampas Merdeka. It's an Indonesia word for uh, independent for learning. So this policy has uh, was uh, announced by the new education minister uh, in Indonesia, uh, who used to be the CEO of uh, Ride Hailing Service Gojek. It's a unicorn company, just like Uber. So what we are doing is uh, educate young uh, university students, and then we're going to uh, um, sort of send them to uh, companies that we already implemented uh, blockchain solution. So they can not only learn theory, but actually they can uh, exercise what they have learned from our program and apply that in the real workspace. Uh, who has blockchain uh, application already. So it's kind of go back to the narrative, like how Emago can, can contribute, uh, you know, blockchain industry and a Cardano ecosystem in general 
So we at Emago Indonesia, we provide education and also we nicely harmonize education into the adoption of our enterprise. And for that, we always go trying to involve young students uh, for that you know, kind of ecosystem. So that's uh, the, one of the model we have established. Um, and with the Gogan coming along the way, we, we're trying to replicate the same model um, for the you know, blockchain technical course. So I, I hope that we can produce uh, much more, uh, many, many young talents uh, who's going to be focused on Cardano blockchain. This concludes episode number six of Slot Leader today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our interview with uh, Shunsuke Murasaki, the CEO of Emurgo Indonesia. If you like the content of the interviews that we are putting together for you guys, please don't forget to subscribe and um, I will see you next time.